What's good, everybody? This is Love Music More, and I am joined with Adam and Sean. We are going to be talking about um, you know, music, composition, arranging, all sorts of things, as well as their musical backgrounds and how they ended up you know, composing for indie films and all sorts of awesome stuff. So welcome to the show. Uh, if you guys could just introduce yourselves just briefly, kind of uh, what maybe your primary instrument and, and some of the stuff that, that you're most excited about that you're working on. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having us on the show. My name is Sean Seta. Uh, my primary instrument is the piano, uh, keyboards. And uh, yeah, I, I just love making music in all capacities, but film in particular uh, lets me kind of step outside of my own story and uh, work on something that and make music that I might not have made if not for this story that's being imposed into the mix of things. So that's what gets me excited about it. I really like that. That's really cool. And uh, I'm Adam Roble. Uh, I guess my main instrument is guitar. That's where I went to school to study jazz guitar. Uh, but since then, I mean, I've taught myself how to play, a, not, I don't know about well, but <laughs> good enough <laughs> to, to play a bunch of other, you know, string instruments, piano, uh, whatever's needed. Uh, because, I mean, we do, we do indie film scoring. Like, mm-hmm. so far, it's mostly indie films. So the budgets are kind of, on the lower side and we have to, you know, make do with what we got. And we absolutely hate, uh, you know, virtual instruments. So cool. we try to, uh, yeah. try to keep it as analog as possible. I love uh, that. Obviously huge, you know, huge fan of music because I'm a musician, but also <laughs> just as much a fan of film. So like it works really well to be kind of melding those two loves together and, having a good time doing it i really get that that's really cool and i love the idea of it bringing like the story bringing something new out of you like i i I really like that that kind of concept could you could you talk a little bit more about that about like hey like i am now scoring this thing about x and um i never thought i'd be making music with a toy piano and a glockenspiel but like here i am you know that kind of one of the things about it is that I, i find it really hard to uh to write when it's like open to just like write anything on any instrument for any purpose of any length with no deadline. Um, and when you're on a film, you have, okay, there's a very particular subject and we need exactly this many seconds of music on exactly this subject. And so it creates a little bit of a frame of like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something within this structure, which is just helpful for me. And then, like I said before, it just helps me to step into another story into a, a feeling that I might not have been able to tap into if not for uh, this movie bringing me into a place and, and allowing me to um, create something that's not necessarily part of my own biography, but part of somebody else's story and something that somebody else came up with that just puts me into a different space and allows stuff to come out that wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, each each movie has its own world and like it's interesting to see uh, you know, how it affects us and the aesthetics too, even just the aesthetics mm. of the cinematography. Mm. Uh, I mean, visual, yeah, visual, visuals, uh, uh, inspire sound, you know, like, yeah. so it's, it's, it's interesting just to kind of like, you have to kind of like almost like reset your mind and keep it open to whatever might, might, whatever might come out, you know, instead of, uh, attaching yourself to like, more stereotypical, I guess, uh, intuition. I don't know. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, like yeah. like like allowing that to lead you rather than you leading it. Sometimes, yeah, you know, having yeah. that conversation with the medium, I I totally get that. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, in terms of like in that production process, when do you get uh when do you get picture and like when do you start scoring like what what kind of version of a film are you typically working with are there are there like scenes that are like for placement only or like has it been colored like usually where are you at or is it a, a mix kind of throughout the process most of it has been we've been given like almost a, a finished cool no, like pretty close the to, edit pretty is close pretty to, much yeah. locked mm-hmm. typically when we're working the most of the time a lot of time it has temp score already which makes it kind nice. of like cool um, yeah. but also like you know we, we we're we're in the middle of working well not I mean, it hasn't even been shot or anything but we're you know starting to come up with ideas for a project that's still in script stage right now which is a whole different oh. uh, different thing for us which is kind of awesome because it's like yeah yeah we're like we're like part of the the foundation almost in a in a sense which i like that's really cool. Um, let's let's. I want to talk more about that, but first, could we talk about temp scoring? Because I, I bet a lot of listeners don't even know what that is and kind of like how that works. And I, w- I would love to just let them in on that uh, little secret part of the process. Yeah, a lot of the time we'll get um, a film that's been edited, and when the editor is working, they don't have our score yet, so they'll get some temporary music they can draw from anything that's ever been created. Cool. Uh, just something that kind of fits the vibe of what they're looking for. Uh, and it helps them kind of pace out their edit so that there's already some music or a tempo or something that they can go off of. And then we'll either uh, use that to inform what we're going to make, or sometimes we'll just ignore it and make something <laughs> else that, that feels more right to us. Uh, but it's a starting point for the conversation. Like, okay, this kind of works from their perspective, and then we take it from there. Sometimes it makes it, it, it makes watching the entire cut first time like a little easier but you know it just depends like it depends if a movie is already cut in a great way and, and there's no music it's still it can still just be as you know entertaining of a of a watch but yeah it's it's all sorts of ways of doing it do you think uh between the two you would put more music versus less music like say say for example you're getting a really well edited movie and it doesn't have temp music it's just you know just foley and and, and dialogue do you think you would like work you would put less input into that versus something that's just full of temp score and and you'd be like oh i gotta i gotta throw underscore for like every scene or do you think oh, yeah. that the, no cool that's cool i mean I, we, we we do like uh spotting sessions with the directors when there okay. is no temp score and like i feel like a lot of the times we're all on the same page like nice. as far as music needs to be right yeah, I mean, yeah. if the thing works really well without music, then I think leaving more space is the answer there. Oh, if you yeah. don't need music and it's already working, then you're you're just overdoing it. Mm. Yeah. Um, if there's a bunch of temp in there and that's keeping it working, then you have to kind of make sure you also provide that same amount of music. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, maybe you guys could talk a little bit about like music as pace. You know, like I, I know that people can picture like action drums, like a chase scene or whatever. But like you know, on the other side, like a simple drone or or like an atmospheric kind of pad or something like that that builds into a score. Can you talk about like some of the you know knobs and parameters, kind of things that you would you would use to create that that feeling of momentum or or pace or kind of your take on that. Yeah, there, there's all kinds of different yeah. ways to go about it. It's, yeah. it's so infinite, which is yeah. kind of what's so exciting about it. But 
like you mentioned, there's there's adding a little tension and something that's not moving. That's just kind of a pad underneath uh, that's kind of bubbling some sort of emotion. Uh, and then there's the choice to actually set a tempo of some sort of like something that's driving at a certain pace. And sometimes you want the cuts to to kind of land on the beat. And sometimes you really don't want that at all. Hmm. Um, but it's definitely a tool that can uh, take something that might just seem like it's uh, not moving forward and you can accelerate it by like action drums or, or yeah. even just a simple plucking or whatever it is that's moving it forward. And a lot of times the edit will dictate that, just like tell you that already, like, okay, this, this scene is being cut in a certain way where it's like, there's obviously a rhythm. Obviously we need to have some ostinato or something happening, some movement happening throughout this. Uh, no dialogue is another, <laughs> you yeah. don't want to have a lot going on during dialogue. But yeah. uh, I mean, we're not really action composers. Right, you know, no, totally. Sense, <laughs> Let's like, give it an example yeah. of like the furthest end of uh, <laughs> that. We're, we've, we've, done some, uh, we've done some thrillers before where we've had some like scenes that kind of like enter into that realm. But like it's a lot of, um, I'd say even recently, like it's a lot more or like a little more classical based. Uh, yeah, drama. Drama, mm. a lot of ambient uh, kind of mix between classical and ambient. And cool have like a euro rack set up with some like modular synths and stuff like that it's, it's pretty cool but. that's awesome yeah let, let's uh let's let's zero in on the two of those terms that you threw out because I, I know like musicians the ostinato like you know awesome musical device i would love to tell people kind of what that is and then also how you know euro rack synths can <laughs> can play really well with ostinatos and and you know let's let's let people in on that uh that vocab word and broaden their minds so next time they're they're watching a film and they listen and they can be like ah ostinato (laughs) i mean i think an ostinato is just a repeating pattern yeah Yeah. sure a google search will get something more eloquent than that (laughs) no no it's perfect musical pattern that repeats starting point for building around too because it keeps you in keeps you in the uh on the road you know Mm -hmm. i like that i like that i like you know playing your own little things on the way Totally. Uh, yeah, but it, but yeah, Euro Euro rack, rack, yeah, obviously, like, I mean, you know, a sequencer, mm-hmm. it's just basically that it accomplishes the same thing as a starting point. You're, I mean, the modular stuff does so much more, but like, mm-hmm. kind of cool just to, just to pop a, pop a vibe, a little sequence and see what happens sometimes, you know? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I, I love those those kind of concepts of like musical nuclei, you know, those like little things that other stuff can orbit around or can provide, like you're saying, that rhythmic pulse, that duka 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 and you know that sequencer sound, and um, it 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 allows you to add more of those um, atmospheric we, we, elements. Yeah, it's yeah. not even. Yeah, it's like we we use a lot of sampling too, cool, so we have cool. like a lot of sampling modules that kind of mangle all these like mm. acoustic samples into ways that don't sound like synths, but they sound like, you know, obviously it's, it's being processed, you know, but in a rhythmic way that sometimes is really fun to build over to. Totally. No, that absolutely makes sense. Could you talk a little bit about your process? Cause I know that you're saying you, you, you prefer to do, you know, played rather than sample library source audio. And then how do you transform that? Um, like what, what are some of the tools that you might use? What are some of the techniques? Yeah, I, we, we've, I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff we've done recently, it's, a lot of it starts from piano where like cool. Sean will, Sean will come up with a piece, throw it to me. 
and then I pull out my shitty cello, <laughs> uh, or, or sometimes I'll, I'll like do a mock, like a mock orchestration with with a keyboard. But it, mm-hmm. and we'll just players. That's just or or I'll or whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll play it over. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a that's generally the process. Like, but the the, the main goal is to like for it to sound real. You know, yeah. so yeah. There has there have mics have to be involved. <laughs> cool. Good yes. <laughs> we do love our tone, but yeah. I, I would add to that that there's no formula for us like that. Yeah, yeah a lot of the times I'll I'll make a piece of it. Um and we were talking about the Eurorack. Sometimes we we start from something kind of unexpected coming out of there and yeah, build around cool. that. Oh, like uh, that. Each scene involves its own uh need and and there's an infinite number of ways to get there. So we do try to mix it up and have different kinds of starting points and different ways to get to the result. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. How do you guys record? What's your what's your preferred like DAW and Logic? Logic, nice. Yeah, it's just it's better for for yeah. video. Video, for sure. it's really easy and uh, it might not sound quite as good as Pro Tools. And mm. sometimes, but we need to. We got we got good shit. We got exactly. <laughs> to make it sound better. No. we make up for it in the yeah. other equipment for sure yeah. absolutely yeah any any difference between dial like output is yeah. this, this big um i mean the, the, the yeah. speed is more most important right like, exactly yeah, no it's the, it's the process those little differences end up meaning a lot to us though like, ah yeah that's good what point. a great length to make something sound one percent better I will yes say. that's great that's great <laughs> i would love to and i'd love to hear do you guys um do your own like mixes and and stuff like that awesome yeah, mixing and mastering usually. Mastering yeah. as well. Cool. Yeah, we do our own mastering and we have a tape deck for it now too. Nice. Rad. Um, so yeah, we like controlling all of those aspects. And like Makes you were saying, sense. with a lot of indie uh, films that we've been on, there isn't uh, oh, that much. There's not like a yeah. budget to include somebody that's amazing at it to come do it better than us. So we do it the best we can. And also, it, yeah, like you're saying, it allows you more control and terms of like what it's actually going to sound like sometimes mm-hmm. I, I feel like people look at mixing engineers as like a panacea where in reality you're giving up quite a bit of your sound yeah. design i mean if you do go that route i think it's important to at least give them a, a mix mm. that yeah. represents what you're trying to say and if they can clean it up or yeah for sure like that yeah. that's great too you know i mean I, that would probably be the route we take at some point Mm-hmm. down the line but for now it's it's just like kind of fun to learn and do it ourselves and get as good as we can at it for sure um let, let's go down the signal change just because i'm i'm yeah i'm a recording engineer so i'm a nerd about all this stuff uh, uh, my, <laughs> my, yeah mike locker what do you guys what do you guys like like drawing uh, from we've yeah. got a vintage u67 that awesome. we use a lot uh neumann vintage chefs 221bs that are used a lot for cool. uh, strings and piano Acoustic guitar sometimes. Uh, an old Neumann CMV 563. Nice. That is a great mic. That, you know, um, shit. RCA. Old RCA 77. Cool. It's pretty fun for uh, guitar amps. It's pretty great on that. Mm. Uh, and also some cello sometimes, stuff like nice. that. Cool. Those are the big guns. So yeah. The There's a lot of other mics. Like, a little other ones, cheaper yeah. mics that are yeah. useful too. Yeah. Drums. Oh, of course. Yeah, even like a SM57, you can get a lot of mileage out of something oh, yeah, like yeah. that. We got tons of those. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's, but, uh, that, yeah that's the mic. Uh, the, the preamps are pretty uh, extensive, too. We have cool. some vintage Telefunken V72s that we oh, use. Oh, sweet. Uh, that's awesome. 
uh, four channels of a Gordon Model 5. It's like a very clean, beautiful sounding preamp. Cool. I'm not uh, familiar with that one. Two-channel for cell, S&P. Nice. nice. It's great clean preamp and then an old Ampex, like a 150, like a, or 350, Ampex 350. Cool. Like that giant six rack to awesome. preamp. That's awesome. Nice. And 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 that that's fun too because now you have, you have like the super colorful options. You got the more transparent stuff depending on the character that you're looking to get out. And the Telefunken is kind of like it's very full range and it's very for a tube preamp. It's very clean, but it's just like incredible. Like you know, just that's our that's our peak right there. As nice, greatest for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, being able to get that the warmth out of those tubes, but also preserve. I mean, like you're saying the frequency range and everything you know, especially when you're you have like a really minimal arrangement it's like yeah. whew, all that little stuff has got to be tight you don't have a lot of places for it to hide but they all they all do their own thing and it's cool it's, yeah, it's been cool to like learn that you know yeah learn that places do you do you like now I, i'm always curious with people that get really familiar with their gear do you have like a gut feeling it's like this preamp or do you like have oh, yeah. do you like have a conversation or whatever you're just like like i know my gear this is the move for this. Yeah, yeah we, we know the characters of each one. Yeah, I usually know what you're going for before you start. Right. Yeah. There was one session we did where we were recording bass, and it was just like kind of hard to choose, so we just recorded it in both. And yeah, that's true. I nice. still switch back and forth between which cool. one. But it's cool. Like, it's nice to have both because they're so different, you know. Right. It's, yeah. It's I get that. Cool. And then yeah, a lot of other like we have like a I went crazy. Last Black, uh-huh. Black Friday, and I bought yes. a, a vintage Poltec. Nice. From Vintage King or some vintage shit. King. Cool. Uh, right on. Yeah. You know, it's crazy shit. Totally. Two tape machine. Bunch of shit. Well, I, I, I mean, if we were yeah. in that room, we could have. We could have. Uh, yeah, all <laughs> yeah moved here. Right. Yeah, we could have. Yeah. This is like a, this is the, the piano room in the meeting room. Yeah. Most people are going to listen to this. This is a video podcast, but like Spotify just added that where you can like turn your phone and you can watch it on video. Most people still listen to it. So um, they'll just take our word for it. All right. <laughs> but yeah, having, having all that gear that, that does, it gives you those different options for, for color, for vibe. Um, do you guys play with um, kind of like era as well? Like, oh, we, I want this to feel more like 60s or 70s or modern or a mix. Like, do you guys use that as a as a, a device or is it mostly in the notes? Not quite as much because I'd say cool. we we tend to record like, um, I don't even know, like film film music is like a different kind of. Yeah, I mean, we haven't done anything that we're like purposefully yeah, like, trying like to a make a period piece uh, kind of down fifties or sixties. Right. Uh, uh, we just find that stuff from that era tends to sound better to our sensibilities, yeah. and it's really just about getting the highest fidelity, best warmest, best mid. Uh, yeah, best mid. getting the full frequencies. Yeah, so it's, it's less about time period and more just about the best possible sound you can get. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah, cherry picking across. Unless you're doing like a period piece or something. <laughs> but yeah, I understand. Like one day. <laughs> yeah, one day for sure. For sure. Yeah, you rent out capital. And uh, make yeah. That yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of like like mixing and um, and checking stuff, how do you how do you like what what kind of reference monitors or do you do you, you check it in different settings? Because like film, you know, every, everything from a big proper theater to 
your iPhone. <laughs> it's like a huge range of experience yeah. of the medium. How do you guys I, check I, your miscus? I mean, our monitors are good. They're, yeah. they're, they're great monitor. We use PSI uh, mm-hmm. A, A21 and Sean has the A17s. And well, they're amazing monitors. But when it comes down to like really mixing for a, a movie theater, you really need a soundstage. Mm. It's like cool. The, yeah. I mean, and we've done, I, we've yeah. actually, we've done a 5 1 mix. Sweet. My tiny little 10 10 room, which is hilarious because I don't really, I mean, it, it helps to have the speakers there, but you know, it's like a, it's not exactly the most accurate representation yeah. for a theater. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that like in, in the beginning when we were learning the process more, we did a lot more like, let's bounce this and check it in the car on those sure. speakers. Let's yeah, hear we, it out of your iPhone. And we yeah, still we do still some do. of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we've started to learn if it sounds this way on the speakers that it's yeah, going to translate as good as it can everywhere else. Usually translates yeah. pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I agree. No, I mean, especially like when you're learning new speakers or learning a new room, that's when I'm most anxious. But yeah, like when you when you get it, you get it. You know, like it can sound like this here. It'll sound like that there. You can kind of like that. You know, they have those um, sonar works. I think I think they're the ones that do it. But it's like they they, they change the um, oh, yeah. frequency pattern of your headphones to be like, I'm in a new place. Yeah. Um, and you can have like little crappy speakers, too. A lot of people do that. For um, sure. Yeah, uh, Luke uh, Molman from uh, Great Good Fine Okay, he was he loves like these like really crappy computer speaker things yeah. that he found at a dumpster. <laughs> he makes great mixes. I mean, he's he the does. Yeah. He does. Great. So it does work. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, in terms of you guys' uh, musical journey, I'd I'd love to just kind of follow that a little bit and how to, I want to mostly learn how the two of you connected and started working together and, and building a partnership. Um, but I, I'd like to first start with what got you into music? What, what, what lured you in? What, what hooked you? And I, I'd love to ask both of you that question. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go first on that. Cool. Um, I, I started playing the piano because I was too young for the basketball league. <laughs> nice. No way. <laughs> yeah. My friend was like, Oh, I'm going to do piano. And it's like two students. I need a partner. It was not on my radar. Um, but I really liked it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really got into it. And like right away, I started making my own songs. I was always mm-hmm. better at like making something and playing that rather than learning stuff uh, mm-hmm. at an early age. Uh, and then when I was, so I was seven then, and then at 11, uh, I met a mentor, uh, Richard, who who's, uh, asked me to join a band that he was putting together. And it, it was really like looking up to him and everything that he taught me that like dragged me further in. It was at that point that I was like, okay, this is like a career. This is something I want to do. And I, I've just gone further and further down the rabbit hole. The more I listen, the more I learn how to play, the more I've experienced, the more I love it. So just each stage across the the journey has drawn me into it more. Love that. That's really I, cool. I, and I guess I started kind of later. Mm-hmm. When I, I think it was like when I was around 12 or something. Um, but I was always, I mean, I was always, I always loved music. I mean, especially it's like a kind of a full circle thing because like I always loved movie music. Like it mm. was, I, I remember when I was like, like whenever Jurassic Park came out, yes, like, that was like my that was like my jam, mm-hmm. my soundtrack. And me and my brother would like put on these John Williams cues and like act out the scenes, like yes, super musical cue, or it's like <laughs> it would like match the scene. And like especially that opening, like 
scene where the guy gets just eaten by the raptor in the cage and we're like you know following the score and like getting ripped into the you know like it's just like <laughs> cool. that's it awesome. a funny yeah it's just a yeah. funny like uh this is kind of yeah, it's always like my my story for your origin story my origin <laughs> yeah, story, your origin story. Um, yes. but then it was like a lot of no no nothing no music mm-hmm. and my like my dad didn't play anything he was terrible musically but he like started buying these guitars just to like have them and it was like it was cool i mean we'd go to the store and i he'd go buy a guitar he'd put it up in the living room he wouldn't play it or if he did it was sounded horrible and it would just sit there and then my mom got like an electric piano just to kind of like take piano lessons with and i just kind of just started playing and uh a lot of like another thing like a lot of movie themes like mm-hmm. I, I was like teaching myself like the theme oh, to cool. take yeah, yeah, know, for sure. Just, for like, sure. Hilarious, but like, you know, just like that. And she's like, oh, you should take piano lessons. And I took piano lessons for like a few months. And and then I picked up my dad's guitar and I started like mm. playing the guitar like with my thumb. It was like this like weird thing that nice. I was doing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I want to take guitar lessons. So I started taking guitar lessons, got into like. What did the teacher call. say? When you show up and you're like rocking the thumb. Was I was like... rocking the thumb and I can't do it anymore. But that was, my, that was my thing at first. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, That's cool. But like, yeah, I got into like heavy metal, like Metallica. Yeah. yeah. That's like the, that's like a pretty standard guitar player origin. Absolutely. Agree. Uh, then I started getting into jazz. Uh, went to UM for jazz guitar, met Sean. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. How'd you guys meet? Oh, uh, yeah. Just at school. This yeah, cool. we were just the same year at UM. We're both uh, jazz uh, instrumental uh, majors, so nice. we became friends right away. We were assigned to the same group right mm-hmm. in the beginning. Nice. To, uh, it was a weird, weird group. It was a really weird ensemble. <laughs> what you, it was like a combo <laughs> thing, or like what was what was it like? Yeah, it was like a little like rhythm section, and we had like some uh-huh. weird assignment uh, that you know it, it was a tough situation, and we uh-huh. like had so much fun doing it and like the result of it uh felt really good like it came out well and so like yeah we realized right away like okay this is there's something here to this collaboration maybe so and then the actual yeah so say then another you know we graduate whatever we're still friends and uh i'm looking to rent a house yeah in uh in south miami like which is like we're around where sean lived i i've been to his i was at his house before i kind of knew where it was but i go to this house and i'm like checking it out like schoolhouse i go in the backyard and i notice it's his backyard what like yeah, behind it like For a, real? i'm, I'm yeah. like sean i'm in your fucking backyard like <laughs> and we're about oh, to serendipitous be that's crazy yeah, so i started renting with some friends and yeah. i mean i've been living i eventually bought the house you yeah, know i bought the one but like a couple of years after that or a year after that we started working together on like some commercial music stuff and then mm-hmm. uh we got like a, a, it was like through like an editing agency. We, we linked up with some directors that were doing their first feature cool. and we just dove in, you know, kind of out of nowhere there <laughs> and it got into South by Southwest. And like, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a good starting point in the, for the film scoring, uh, you mm-hmm. know, direction. And we've just been kind of like riding that since. That's awesome. So how, do, how does that work? Like, so you, you score your first film. You guys are working together. You have this serendipitous like reunion in each other's backyards. That's a great story. And then you score this film and now you're going to go South by, do you like, how do you get notified? Like, Hey, you're like going to be in the festival. Do you guys like make plans? Like you're going to go out and, and 
hang out and like network or like how what what's your next step like how, how do you react where, where do you go from there I mean, our, our, our director and producer called us and told us, and they were excited, and they're like, you know, uh, yeah, you guys should come. They got us badges to, like, nice. whatever yeah. we wanted, because, you know, it didn't pay much. They're like, let's yeah, give you right. this, you know, and uh, we just had a fucking blast there. I mean, South Sweet. by is the greatest place ever. The most fun place you can go to, for sure. Yeah. Did you guys I mean, drive, did you drive out there, fly out there? What'd you guys do? Yeah, we flew out yeah. there and rented a house. And, Sweet. Uh, We've stayed all the way through the film thing uh, and then into like the music week. Nice. That's awesome. That's our favorite festival because it has like a, a whole music yeah. to it. Exactly. Uh, so that was a blast. And, uh, yeah, we try to go every time there's a good yeah. festival. We try to make it out. Yeah. That's awesome. Did, did you guys feel like, you know, being part of that energy? Did you meet new people? Did that help lead to the next gig? Like, how, how does that, like, I'm always curious how that like momentum starts to build and you kind of like chain one gig into another gig and then you have a career. Like how, how did that, how did that kind of next step go for you? Yeah. We met yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's very intentional the way we've gotten gigs and like, I, I spent yeah. a lot of time working on that side of things. I, I think yeah. that a lot of composer careers just die because nobody's heard of you. And like, if, mm -hmm. if you don't, take some steps at that point to like connect with people, then um, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we did meet somebody at South by that led to another film. Uh, cool. but one of the stars of the film that we were there for ended up making her own film. Uh, and we got to score that too. Sweet. Um, you know, I, I try not to network in yeah, that yeah, sense. Yeah. Right. Like, we're here and here's our Exactly. Business. You yeah. Know? Uh, but yeah, naturally at a, at a film festival, you're meeting cool people that have earned their way into the festival. And um, yeah, sometimes things will come of that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. I feel like the best way to network is just to actually make friends. Yeah, yeah you know, like, like instead of like looking at other people, it's like, what can I get out you of you? I feel that the guy that's like there just to you network, can't. You, know, you can tell. It's like an uncomfortable feeling. <laughs> yeah. Sort of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, in terms of you know, kind of what what are you guys excited about like right now? Like what what are what are you working on? What are some of the things that you know are like challenges that either you're working on right now or you you really want to tackle uh, coming up? Like, is is there any you know, style of music? Is there any style of film that you're like, man, I really want to do that? Or something you're working on right now that I'm so hyped to be a part of this? Yeah, there, there's a little bit of all of that going cool. on. Hit me, uh, hit me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right now we're in a, in a weird place in film industries. There's yeah, strikes right. and like, totally. so there's not a lot of things um, happening right now. And mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we're not on a bunch of films. We are working on a, a short coming up soon. Nice. Uh, that's going to be really awesome. I, I've been talking to the director and she's got mm -hmm. some great ideas. So uh, there's some excitement for that. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the projects that we're taking on in the meantime is, is building a standalone studio in cool. between our adjacent houses. Mm -hmm. We're going to make a, a building. Yes. Um, I, I got a, a blueprint here for whoever's watching visually. Yeah. But, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. We're working on, you know, a whole control room and yes. rooms and the whole thing and like uh, elevating our game to like really be able to do things properly to be, able to work around the clock to be able to keep the ac on to be able to <laughs> yes. have more people in the room with us like mm -hmm. you know getting out of the home studio and yeah getting into the backyard home studio yeah. uh, and it's a <laughs> building so that's been a huge project um, yes 
Uh, Adam was also mentioning some uh, project that we were working on from the script stage and uh, mm -hmm. super excited about yeah. that film because the script is amazing. Uh, yeah, and the yeah. team that's working on that is incredible. Uh, we got to write some music uh, for it already. And I yes. think that's going to be, you know, one of our favorite films that we get the chance to work on when it finally comes to fruition. Yeah, there's a lot of writer strike stuff kind of holding it back right now. But sure. For sure. Excited for that. Sure. Yeah, I, I think stylistically, uh, we've kind of honed in on this like kind of neoclassical thing that mm -hmm. mixes some classical music, some ambient music that's kind of our favorite these days. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one thing that really excites us for the future is to do some more like larger ensemble writing mm -hmm. where we get to, you know, use a, a real orchestra, mm -hmm. um, get to record with choirs. Um, yes. Kind of like collaboration with other musicians and, and bringing more people into the mix is mm -hmm. something that excites me about the future. Like getting into some of the bigger films that allow us the opportunity to work with more people and people that we admire what they can do. Yes. Uh, um, and feel free to say no. I'm, ju I'm just curious your take. It, it, you don't have to go down here if you don't want to. Um, okay. I'd love to learn more about the writer's strike from the composer's perspective, but at the same time, I don't want to, uh, to you know, make it so that you guys have to speak too publicly on, on anything if you don't want to speak publicly on it. Oh, I mean, we don't... We don't think we're going to say anything new. Yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, no, that's obviously true. We, we support yeah. uh, the yeah, actors sure. and the writers. Like people are are setting themselves up to to make a living and to be able to do their art more fully and have all this stuff sorted out so that they're not um, struggling. So yeah. I mean, and that that whole that, I mean, it all it all even can can relate to music in a sense because yeah. a lot of the things that they're striking about you know, involve AI and, uh, you know, things like that, which is a, is a threat to potentially to composers, you know, too. So it's a, it's something that it's a cool technology that needs to be figured out as far as how it works, you know, legally. All that yeah. Stuff. Right. Yeah. And like, especially when you can have an AI that's like, Hey, give me art. That's like this person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I trained on that person. <laughs> it's like, eh, is that cool? It doesn't really make its own person. No, there's always yeah. going to be the need for people to do things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't concern myself too much with what AI is going to do. But as far as the strikes go, I, I think it's probably really needed right now for these things to all get figured out. And uh, I'm just hoping they come to some sort of agreement soon that everybody's cool with so that we can go back to making uh, yeah. great things. So, and I, I think the circumstances need to be arranged so everybody can do their best work. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a really good point. Um, that the yeah the AI stuff is is a is a, is weird. It's weird. I think it's a, yeah. it's a strange thing for all of us to grapple with. Fun, fun. Yeah, it can be fun. Have you guys have you guys played with any of it or? I mean, you know, just the the the, the little yeah. picture make a weird picture <laughs> with some words thing. Yeah. I, I've done some like music generation, like an cool. AI tool where yeah, it's yeah. like putting some descriptors and it popped out some horrible thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I've listened to like some examples. Uh, I don't think the technology is not there yet, but yep. it's going to move so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I have seen some examples of like, oh, okay, well, this is legitimate. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. The, the best thing that I've seen so far is like sorting. 
Like, it's like, here's your sample library. Like, find me something that's kind of like this. And it's like, hey, here's a snare drum that's pretty close. It's like, oh, yeah, thanks. That saved me some digging. I mean, that's super useful, yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of applications where these can be tools that we use to move faster and get things done better. So hopefully that's where we go instead of getting replaced by robots. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and i think that's like the mindset mindset shift of technologists versus artists is like hey like guys like focus on making the tool like not necessarily like remaking the artist um, yeah. but i think there's a there's a little bit of arrogance involved on behalf of some of these uh tech ceos um yeah i mean you can definitely <laughs> i mean and also these studios like they're yeah you can totally take advantage of, of people with with that technology so sure. it's really important to hash it out, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. You're selling your likeness for in perpetuity for two hundred bucks. Yeah. That's uh, that's yeah. pretty. That's yeah. pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, they need to figure that out before that yeah. happens. I think. I was. I was. It just. It was. A, it was like the story about the uh, you know Power Rangers. Like the remember the guy that was in the that 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 big face that comes up. Do you ever watch Power Rangers? I did. I did watch Power Rangers. Like I'm trying big, to remember. I forget his name. Zord or something. Like, like the I'm big, not going to come up with the name. Whatever. I don't remember his name, but he's like the, the he's just like a projects his face and like they pay, mm. he's in every episode like talking to these yes. the Power Rangers. He's right. like the, the leader. Right. Yeah. And they paid the, the guy $150 one time to use his face and then they would just like insert dialogue into his mouth. <laughs> like doing different mouth and he got paid 150 dollars total for the entire show oh my, oh my. <laughs> it's, it's wild it's wow crazy. no totally i mean like i feel like if the voice actor for siri knew what she was getting into she'd probably be retired oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, yeah yeah that's uh, a weird yeah. World. yeah anyway um the the uh home recorder air conditioning thing is so real like yes. I don't know if I don't know if listeners know, but the whole like you have the air conditioning in the same room as the microphones. You gotta oh, turn that thing off, boil while you do your take, and then turn it back yeah. on. Yeah, we're in Miami too, so yeah. <laughs> it's a hundred degrees outside, and it turns into a sauna real quick. <laughs> so one of our motivations, one of our many motivations, is to have a studio where you insulate and do all the proper things so that the yeah. AC can remain on and silent and yeah. keep us cool. No, that'll be that'll be huge and also uh, dehumidified <laughs> that's not yeah, not a bad thing either yeah for all the instruments sake as well for sure yeah yeah that's that's a great point um yeah do you do you guys find that uh in your heat and humidity you have to you know tune up more or like like you get the piano without the the front on or are you guys having to make make adjustments and stuff piano needs to be tuned in the seasons in the seasons. Time. Yeah. yeah every yeah, time the season changes and we only have two seasons but uh <laughs> you know those two seasons that hot and cold needs, uh-huh. to be, needs to be tuned in between that hot and like mild yeah right yeah when when you're gigging and you're going outside then you, yeah all the guitar mm. players when you have outside gigs are constantly tuning probably more than if we were uh in california or something yeah 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 that's that's interesting um do you guys have any any like takes on where the the kind of music industry is at right now or kind of where creativity is at um just just curious on like how how you've you know as you've grown your careers has has your your perspective changed or kind of like the way that 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 you look at any of these these things has that has that evolved or coalesced manifestoed I, you know, I, I'm grateful to keep learning about the music industry. It, it's such a big animal 
Yeah. Uh, and there's so many sides of it. And there's so many different ways that people uh, are earning money through music now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been really grateful to meet people that can teach me about all the various things. And so more than like shaping an opinion on it, I'm just learning about the ins and outs and how many different things are going on. Cool. Um, but, trying to adapt. Yeah, yeah. Trying to adapt and trying to be valuable uh, now, you know, um, but I, I think creativity is, is more alive than ever. I think mm. uh, because there are more tools available to more people, Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe we've sorted out uh, things as a society to be able to allow people to explore their creativity. I think, and we have more people than we've ever had before. Uh-huh. Creativity is at an all-time high, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of great shit out there. Sure, yeah. people are making good stuff. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not speaking for mm-hmm. the pop, like pop music, or yeah, yeah. It's just like a film. Yeah, like we have, there's a lot of great scores that have been coming out. Oh yeah. That's great. A lot of great films. It's an awesome time for, for yeah. well, maybe not right now with the strikes yeah, yeah, before yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I understand. Uh, there's never in history have there been so many productions and like so much shows, money being poured yeah, into TV, TV shows right now are like a, they're kind of like yeah. the, the king. Yeah, it's like a renaissance. Yeah, yeah. Like big companies pouring in billions to make shows. So mm-hmm. it's a cool time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I appreciate the optimism because I've talked to some other people that are in your field. I'm usually older folks and, uh, you know, they've got the whole, it's not the way it used to be kind of feeling. Um, and I, I understand that. (laughs) Yeah. We've been to some, uh, we've been to some gatherings and like, we go to LA every once in a while to kind of say what's up. And, uh, we've gone to a few gatherings where like you get like a group of film composers together and it's just like, it's it's kind of a weird vibe like because mm. you got you have some bitter bitter people there you know like that yeah. are that are just mad that they're not working or whatever and it's just like oh like, yeah sure there was a- it's like let's go back to miami yeah we'll just <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's easy to fall into yeah. pessimism and mm-hmm. it's easy to compare you know uh in the 90s what you'd get paid to do something to now is, is totally different or the the era of being able to sell cds for some people and um it's easy to uh resist change and to be upset about it but it's not productive i think optimism is very productive it's probably easier for us yeah. to say that too because we never really we weren't making that kind of money <laughs> yeah. Maybe, for sure on the advertising music side we we hear that all the time we're like yeah you're not like these commercials don't pay anywhere near what they used to pay for, mm. for advertising music. And it's like, that's not our goals. We're not, we're not yeah. trying to make advertising music, but you know, you gotta make money mm-hmm. and you know, we're happy to, to, to make, you know, make yeah. some, some thousands. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, is, let's you know? go. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, I used to get 30 grand uh, easy for a, for a, a commercial. And now it's like, Oh, sh- you happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're used to, you know, we're used to what we're used to, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, but I also think it speaks to you. You guys have a certain sense of like optimism and and joy that you're bringing to what you're doing. Like I can tell that you genuinely love it, and I think that that's, I don't know, that's kind of like a nice little shield when you get into those environments. You're like, mm, I'm not that. I don't want to become that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been very conscious of that. I remember. Uh, coming up as a younger musician and, and meeting a lot of people like that. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, is yeah. that an inevitable part of this journey? Uh, and I, I don't think it needs to be. Uh, and I think that if you're in that dark of a place, then like, it's time to look at other options because this isn't, 
the career for becoming a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a career that you do because you love it. And if yeah. you can sustain yourself and find a way to do it, then, then it's great. Yes. Exactly. And with that, I actually, I want to, I want to move to our last question. So this show is called Love Music More. This goes into Love Music Why. It's kind of like, why, why do you do what you do? Why did you sacrifice? Why did you go to school? Why do you, you know, not make the, <laughs> the investment banker money, but instead, you know, uh, turn on and off the AC? <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this is like, this is like, basically, if, if there's a 12 year old listening to this right now, somebody that's just like kind of plunking away at the keyboards, what do you tell them? Like, and they're like, ah, you know, should I keep going? Is this a, is this a viable thing? Um, but they love it. Like, what would what would you tell your younger self? Like, why 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 do you do this? Like, why did you choose this? Just curious. Yeah, I don't think much has changed since you know, in my perspective. Like, I've always seen music as a it's just a way to transport. It's like a, a, a you know, it takes it, it can take you places where you've never been before on this earth, and like it's an adventure. Like I, I see it. I have a very adventurous spirit about it. Like I like walking into a room with all this shit everywhere, not knowing what the hell is going to happen and just throwing shit around and then uh, watching something miraculously just manifest and not asking how or why, you know, it's like a nice, it's a nice feeling to kind of just like jump off a ledge and know that you're going to get caught by something at some point you know and that's like the feeling that i that i get with music um yeah i mean i would tell a 12 year old to absolutely keep going of course to to keep making music if you love it um it's a, a privilege as a lifestyle to be able to to make your living by doing something that you love uh and i, I don't meet any investment bankers who feel passion towards investment banking it's really just a means to get money and uh and it's it's not a way to fulfill yourself i, I think every single time i play every day i'm getting uh, a spiritual and emotional fulfillment from what i'm doing uh and and that's worth the sacrifice of turning the ac on and off and not uh making tons of money um because you're living your life uh to what you value and if, if you get to do that and you get to meet people and collaborate and make great relationships it, it can be an amazing life and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything i love that yeah collaboration is a big big wonderful thing for sure and that's that's definitely something that's led us into film yeah. uh, being able to collaborate a lot with of people, people. Yeah, a, lot of people. a lot of people on one project and people who have expertise and things that we have no idea about it's cool to me. and it's always great to like i mean a lot of these premieres we go to like it's the first time we meet a lot of these people and it's mm -hmm. like just like how quickly this group of people come together and you just like you're bonded yeah you're just having so bonded and made yeah. this thing together so yeah it's uh, really yeah the community aspect of it is, is a big appeal as well for sure that's a really interesting point i liked all of that the, the you know jumping off the ledge and knowing that you'll be caught <laughs> the the you know finding personal fulfillment and freedom and then also the community of yeah you're right i mean a film that's so many people doing so many different things but all integral to creating yeah. that great some greater than the parts kind of thing yeah yeah it's been that's the i mean for film scoring that's uh, that's by far the greatest joy is like cool. the finished film not how cool was our music you know <laughs> like, like that's fine like if it's cool it's cool if it ends up 
not being that crazy on its own, that's cool too. If the film is amazing because of it, you know, or, or it helps it make the make the film better, you know. So it's a it's a it's a it's a less less selfish kind of mm. uh, endeavor music with when it regards regards to music and everything, which I like. Does it feel does it feel similar to like when you guys play jazz together and you're like kind of bouncing off of each other? Or is it? Or is it <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we kind of uh, departed from jazz after school. Yeah, no, uh, no for sure. Maybe, maybe, it's that, similar, maybe it's similar to that first time we played. Yeah, okay, the, cool, cool. Yeah, in a way, you know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's similar to playing in a in a band with somebody which we have a lot of yeah, experience with. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, you bring something to it, but it starts getting colored by everybody else's mm-hmm. input and yeah. by what they're doing. Uh, but this has like a different dimension to it, where they're bringing visuals or storytelling or writing or set design or coloring, all these different things that we don't have any expertise in, and they're bringing a, a new dimension to to the art. It's it's the most collaborative thing I've ever yeah. seen. I love it. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time to talk with me and talk about music. This has been an absolute joy. Yeah, for us too. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there anywhere uh, that you guys would recommend people kind of check you guys out, uh, like, you know, watch some of your films, or is there is there anything that you'd prefer to point people towards? Oh, we Instagram? Have a, we have a film. Like a, yeah, it's a good film, great, really great film on uh, Showtime right now. Cool. That's streaming for free. You can check that out called Poser. Great. Uh, what is there anything else streaming? Is that the name? Uh, that might be the only one. You could find Grass Hoppers at a place, and then Amazon, yeah. That, and then you could put either of our names into Spotify, Spotify. And, and hear our last couple soundtracks that got published. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll link to that for sure in the in the bio too, so people can just tap and listen. Check out the Make soundtrack. It easy. Yeah, I love it. And maybe uh, pr- pretend to kill some uh, dinosaurs to whatever yes. soundtrack it is. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaurs are killing the people right right okay yeah <laughs> well thank you both so much uh, I'm Scooper Duper you can check out my stuff at scooperdupert.pizza subscribe five stars all the good stuff so thank you both so much for, for joining and uh, wish you both all the best in your careers and I'll be I'll be watching and listening thank you very much alright thank you take care